0: It's a blessing being back I'm season by the word this week. We pray you get a blessing something you hear from God today. I have a friend. She's going to give her testimony today. Her name is Kay Jones Burns. She has a wonderful testimony of what God's done in her life and her family. Before she gives her testimony, I'm going to quote this Bible verse. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. Jesus called to the people and the disciples and told them the price that they would have to pay the being what he'd have on the being. And he told them, deny their flesh, take up the cross, and follow him daily. And Sister Kay's going to tell you her testimony about denying her flesh and taking up the cross and follow Jesus daily. And here she is. Thank you, Jason. Um, God has really been um, wanting me to share my story for some time. And i had it on my heart, you know, just share your story, share your story. But I really... I didn't want to or didn't know how to because I couldn't say with certainty um, when that when that I was exactly saved. And so, you know, I, I just avoided it. I said, God, I can't tell my story. I, I can't. This part right here, I don't know how to explain this part or I don't know how to explain that part. And you know what? He said, it's okay. It's all right. Everybody, you, you're with me now. You are a child of God, you have fully given your life to me, and that doesn't matter. Tell your story so um so, I'm going to do that, and this is really one of the first times I've given my testimony, and I just pray that God reaches somebody with it, and that He speaks to your heart, and that somebody needs this message. Um, what God was saying to me when i was um I was hearing other people give their testimony. He, he spoke this word to me he said God uses our sin and brokenness for his glory and I wrote it down when he spoke it to me he said when we share testimony God takes the sin and shame and reaches another broken person uh, once our sin and mistakes are used to reach somebody are used to reach someone for Christ the devil can't use them anymore um, he can't use your sin and your shame and your guilt because you're using it for God, and uh, you're sharing your testimony, and when you're sharing your testimony and all that sin and brokenness for God's glory, then the devil can't use it anymore, and that's really what God spoke to me. It's when you speak out and you confess with your mouth your sin, that the, it's out there, God's forgiven it, and it's gone, so um, I was um, baptized when I was nine years old. Um, I grew up in church. I had a great mom and dad, uh, two brothers, and I attended a Southern Baptist church. And God um, convicted my heart early on. You know, I would go to church and feel conviction in my heart to give my life to God. um, And I would, my heart would beat and out of my chest. And I, you know, one Sunday at Christmas time after the Christmas play, I, I just felt that. Beating in my chest, and that in my heart, I knew that I needed to go up and give my life to God, and I did when I was nine years old. Um, and I was baptized. Um, but, um, you know, I felt I think that was the beginning of my relationship with God. Um, but at that time, you know, that was it. I went up, I got baptized, I continued to go to church but my relationship with god never got past that point. uh it didn't grow, it didn't uh flourish. I didn't read the bible. I wasn't all in, I guess would be the word. and so when i got into high school age um i didn't have a strong relationship with god. and so when you're put under that pressure of, you know, your teenage years, and you've not developed that strong relationship with God, um, it it just went away, you know, I just turned my back on him at that point, and and followed the ways of the world, and followed after my flesh, followed after, you know, popularity, followed after um, boyfriends, you know, attention really I was seeking attention in high school quite a bit. I just wanted attention from everybody. And I was class clown, um, got in trouble quite a bit, and did, did a lot of things that, you know, I shouldn't have done. And if you looked at me from someone who didn't know me, there is no way you would said this this girl is a Christian. You know, that the words didn't come out of my mouth. I didn't talk like a Christian. I didn't act like a Christian. And so, you know, I had totally turned my back on, on God all through high school and I struggled with depression, anxiety through high school and, um, and never did I turn to God to help me deal with that. Um, but when I got out of high school and I started going to college, I started to turn back to God. I started dating a guy that went to church um, and my family had gotten out of church for various reasons and weren't going at the time. So I started going with him. And I'm not saying it, he wasn't really a good influence for me, but I did go to church and at that time throughout college. And I tried to do right. I tried to go to church every Sunday um, and just do what you know I was supposed to do. Um, but I still didn't fully embrace what it meant to follow God. I didn't uh, read my Bible. I didn't pray. You know, I just thought going to church on Sunday was good. You know, like that was my first step and that was good enough. But I was still being influenced by, you know, hanging around people that were not Christians, that were pulling me in an opposite direction of where I needed to be. And so, um, you know, it's just that struggle through the college years to really say, are you going with God or are you going with the world? You know, I was torn between two spots there. And then then it finally came to a head when I graduated college. It just really um I was I was at a fork in the road where I had to choose. Um, I had broken up with my boyfriend who I dated for five years. I got this new job at the um in town. It was a good job I graduated with an accounting degree. I got a job as an accountant at the federal prison in town. And so, but, you know, my whole life was changing. And I was scared. I was lonely. And I had the decision, was I going to take that moment in time and um, turn to God? Or was I going to follow the world? And when I say the world, I mean just away from God, after the things, seeking after the flesh, as Jason said, and so, um, I ultimately chose to follow the world, and all the desires of it, um, I chased after, I tried to fill myself with worldly desires, I, um, I dated people that were not Christians, you know, I tried to fill myself with a boyfriend, um, Then I had friends that were not Christians at all. And so we started going out and partying every weekend. We were drinking, um, you know, just having a good time, doing whatever we wanted to do. And honestly, I started to justify those actions that that was, you know, that's what makes me happy. So I thought. And so that it was okay, you know, you watch television and you see what everybody's doing on TV and I know that sounds cliché, but it was honestly true. It was like, you know, this is this is what you do. You go out, you drink, you have a good time, you date whoever you want to and it was not based in any way on what God's word said. And um, I was not concerned about that. You know, out of sight, out of mind, I wasn't going to church. I wasn't reading God's word. I wasn't hanging around any um, Christian friends. And honestly, I wasn't going around my family that much anymore because I didn't want to be reminded of what I was doing that was wrong. And so I totally rebelled against God. And those were some of the darkest times of my life. And I... Moved further, the further away from God that I went, the uh, more depressed that I got. And I had a lot of depression. Um, I would come home from work some days and just go to bed and wouldn't get back up because I was just lonely and depressed. And I was seeking to feel that with everything but God. Um, you know, I was just unhappy with my job at the time. I was just unhappy with the place where I lived, and I just needed, I was constantly looking for something else to make me happy. I worried about how I looked quite a bit. Um, I would diet, fad dieting, you know, and I was already pretty thin, but I would, you know, some days go without eating and starve myself to be thin, as thin as I thought I should be. Um, Just totally worried about my image what people thought about me and um and just pursuing the desires of my my flesh and i kind of hit rock bottom in those years and to the point that i was so depressed um and i decided that you know what i'm going to find a different job i have to leave this town i can't live here anymore because this i'm just miserable and that was going to make me happy i was going to leave my family, who I love dearly, and get out of the town that I grew up in because there wasn't anything for me there, I felt like. And so um, God gave me a job, I think. God planted this job for me in Cincinnati. Um, and so I was 20, I think I was 22 years old, or 23, and I moved to um, Cincinnati, Ohio for a for a job. Um and it was a good job, one I wanted, and um, you know, it was just there I was in a big city, a little a small town girl in a big city, and I didn't know what to do. And um uh, I had to take the bus into work and I had to, you know, live away from the city. I would take the bus into town to work. I didn't know anybody, and so you know, I think God Put my husband now in my life at that time, he was just my friend, you know, but he was not a Christian either, and so you know, I was lonely i he was a good friend of mine and that I knew from my hometown, and we just started hanging out together, and we started just partying too, you know, like every weekend, whatever we want to do to have fun and i that moved with me up there, but I was still miserable, I was still unhappy, unfulfilled. And that hole was there. And it was at that time um, that I started thinking about God again. You know, I just started knowing that God started calling my name. You know, He started calling me back to Him. And God does that. He He doesn't turn His back on you. Even though you turn your back on Him, He does not turn His back on you. And He was there knocking the whole time. And he was, you know, yeah, you're depressed, you, you know, but I'm here. Come see me. And so, um, you know, I started actually dating my who's my, Jason, who's my husband now. And I started getting to a better place in my life. But I thought that, hey, he's going to fulfill me, right? I still wasn't looking for God. I was looking at, um, I'll get married and this will f- fulfill me, right? I'm ready to get married now. I want to get married. I'm going to get married and we're going to build our lives together and that's going to that's going to fulfill me. That's going to make me happy. And so we did get married. Um and um you know, things started to get better, but I still hadn't really given my life to God. I was toying with it. I was like trying to get back to the things of God. I started trying to find a church to go to where we lived. And, you know, once you'll find that's very hard when you leave a small town to find a new church, you know, in a a place where you don't know anybody. And so that was really hard. I would just go sit in these huge churches. Nobody knew my name and I would just sit there and leave. And nobody knew if I came or, you know, that I came in and then I left. And that, it, that was pretty depressing for me, too, you know, and not what I was used to. I was getting very homesick. I wanted to go back home, um, and, and I just didn't know where to turn. And so the next thing that happened was I thought, you know what? I'm just going to read the Bible. I think I'm going to read the Bible. I just, I've never read the Bible. I'm just going to see what the Bible says. And when I started reading the Bible, it changed my life. Um, when you start to read God's word, it just, um, it does something to you. You know, it's, it's, I started reading verses like, um, he who does not take his cross and follow me. That's Matthew 10 38 is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. I was like, wow, he who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. I started reading those verses like that. And it just, it just cut me to my heart. You know, um, I was like, Oh gosh, you know, I, I haven't done that. You know, um, this is not how I've lived my life. Um, Matthew 16, 24, like Jason said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And, um, and so, you know, it was, when I started reading the Word of God, um, it, it's, I forget the Bible verse, but it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it changed, it's living, it's breathing, it is God's Word speaking to you. And it totally, when I started reading the Bible for myself for the first time, it it changed me. And I knew that my relationship with God at a young age I never fully gave my life to him I don't think and that um I thought I thought I did but you know I held things back I didn't want to fully lay it down and so when I started reading the word for myself it it cut me to the core that I I mean having one foot in and one foot out is not What this word, his word says, it says to be all in, to lay down your life for him, to sacrifice for him. Um, I was reading this book by Dietrich Bonhoeffer the other day, and it says, He says, but how is the disciple to know what kind of cross is meant for him? He will find out as soon as he begins to follow the Lord and to share his life. And suffering then is the badge of true discipleship. Discipleship means allegiance to the suffering of Christ. And that just that just really struck me as part of my testimony is when I started reading God's word, it says to lay down your life for him. And I I hadn't done that. I had held back parts of my life. And I can't say at that moment that I just laid it all down for him, but I started that progress of growing closer to God and my walk with him. Um you know, I started reading the Bible, and once I started reading the Bible, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with God's Word. I fell in love with hearing the things of God, and um, you know, I, I think I just it enabled me to lay down the desires of the flesh. When you start, when I started reading His Word, one John two sixteen says, "For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes from the." comes not from the Father, but from the world. And it it was reading His Word and letting it convict my heart that really allowed me to give God everything and to really grow in my walk with Him. Um, But that was just the first step, you know. That was just the first step of my walk with Him, falling in love with His Word. I would listen to podcasts every day um, and, and just really started trying to pray. I still struggle with prayer though. I think, you know, in the beginning that was just something I really struggled with. Um because I didn't know how to pray and I didn't know if God heard me. And and God, even though I was reading his word and I was loving the things of his word, I didn't feel like close to God yet, you know, and I would just pray constantly that he would forgive me of my past sin. I was rededicating my life to him and, you know, I just really started praying, um, for a church home and, and just really seeking after him. But, but yet I still, you know, was growing in my walk with him and, um, you know, my husband was not a believer. I would go to church by myself. We ended up, we had our my first daughter and we found a little church. We moved to, since moved to Lexington uh, for work, and I started going to a a small Baptist church where we lived, and and my husband would come with me sometimes. Sometimes he didn't, but he wasn't a Christian, and that was really hard on me because now I was all in. I wanted to be all in for God, but I had married someone who was not a Christian, and he wasn't. You know, he wasn't opposed to it, but he just did was in almost indifferent to it. You know, and so. We still had a good relationship, but it just wasn't what I think God intended and it it really hurt me and it and I struggled with it and About that time too um as I'm growing closer to God and I'm starting to grow closer to him, um something very tragic happened with my dad um and my dad was my hero um i I really looked up to my dad he was a good, you know, he was a Christian, um, a good Christian man. Um, he had also rededicated his life later in life. Um, and that's a whole nother story, but he was a great Christian man, um, had a heart of gold, a big heart. Um, and, and he and I, you know, I was daddy's little girl and he, he got sick. He got a terrible disease when my daughter was four years old, um, He got ALS, and um, it just rocked our worlds. You know, we were like, wow, you know, nothing like this had ever happened to us. It was really the first tragedy to hit our lives, to hit my life. And um, I started crying out to God, you know, to heal him. Uh, Lord, if it be your will, would you heal him? You know, we started praying for him intensely, you know, and, and he just started going downhill very quick. Um I would just, you know, I just look at him and my heart would break. But during that time, right before he got sick, he really got closer to God and it was a real inspiration for me. One of the things that <laughs> that he loved as you know, before he even got sick, he started to really love uh worship music and he loved to go listen to worship music, and he even loved the charismatic worship that he started going to a Pentecostal church, and I struggled with that. I was, even though I was growing closer to God, I was very much, um, you know, I I thought that it had to be done this way, very rigid in my thoughts, and I thought, you know, I didn't grow up traditional. You know, I was very traditional, and I didn't grow up in a Pentecostal church wasn't used to that, and so I kind of frowned upon my dad going that route, and I really struggled with it, and I thought, you know, I kind of talked to him about it. I was like, why why are you doing this? You know, we go to this Baptist church. Why are you wanting to go there? And he just, you know, he said, I just love it. You know, we just clap. We get on fire for God. We get excited, and I said, well, you don't have to do that. You know, you don't have to do that. You can worship different ways, you know, and I was very. Uh, judgmental about it. You know, I said, you can worship different ways. You don't have to do that. But, you know, I think it was my pride. I realized now that it was really my pride getting in the way of that. But, um, you know, my dad, you know, he just loved it and we would go with him and, and the more sick that he got, the more he loved it. And we would play the worship music for him. Um, and then during that time, during his last year while he was alive, I got pregnant with my second son. And, um, you know, I told him that I was gonna name my son, his middle name was Robert, it was gonna be John Robert after him. And he got to where he couldn't talk and uh, he, he, he lost all of his muscle movement and he got to where he couldn't talk and he would just call me and I knew it was him. He would call on his cell phone and he'd just sit there and he couldn't talk so I'd just talk to him. He'd want to talk to my daughter, and she'd get on the phone, talk to him. And and we just, you know, spent every minute we could. But I was just struggling with, God, why don't you heal him? Why are you not healing my dad? You know, why is he going through this? Uh, Did he do something? Is he sick because he did something wrong? Why is he sick? A lot of why questions I had. Um, And then, you know, I called... I was going into labor with my second son and I called my mom, she was going to come stay with my daughter. And I called down there to say, "Hey, um I need you to come up here and stay with my daughter. I'm going into labor." Well, uh my sister-in-law at the to- uh now she answered the phone. She said your dad's at the hospital. Um you're going to, ha- you know, it's pretty serious. And so, you know, I just lost it and I'm going into labor but my dad's in the hospital. I can't go down there. What am I going to do? And I just cried out to God. And all of a sudden, my labor pain stopped. And with my prior child, with my first child, I go, when I went into labor, I had I had my daughter really quickly. And so they had told me with the second one, it's going to be even quicker. And so I was ready. You know, I knew that I was going to have him when I went into labor quickly, but God just stopped my labor pains. I went to see the doctor you know, um, in an emergency situation, he checked me out and he said, no, you're not dilated, but to a one, you're fine. You can go see your dad. And so I drove down to my hometown hour and a half to visit my dad. He was in the hospital. And when I walked in, I, I, you know, there he was, he was pretty much unconscious and, um, you know, I, it just hit me like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to lose my dad. And luckily I got to sit with my dad that whole day. And we we prayed for him, we prayed with him. So many people came by to to love on him, to pray for him. And um but he was, you know, very sick. He um and he died that night and we were with him and we were holding his hand. I was holding his hand. When he passed away and um I knew right then what the father's love is like when he passed away. It was just like something God said to me is your dad was your my your example of me on earth. The love you felt when I felt in my dad's arms, I felt, you know, just peace. I felt the safest. I I was never scared when I was in my dad's arms, and I think that God spoke to me at that moment and said, "This is this is the love I have for you. I love you like your daddy loved you, and now he's with me." And I knew that he had gone on to be with God, and I you know I prayed about it. Um, it was the hardest time of my life. You know, it, God it knocked the breath out of me and. Basically, as soon as as he passed, my labor started back. I went straight to Lexington, and I had my son, you know, within 10 hours. Um, And I'm just laying there after all that, and I'm thinking, you know, God, it still seemed that he worked all that out in his perfect timing, you know? We lost my dad, and then we gained my son, and it was a joyous and a very sad moment but we celebrated his life there were so many people that came up to us and said things that my dad had done for them and i just knew from those stories that he was with the father in heaven and he was just such a perfect example you know and then um i had peace even though it was very hard um and and it really just pushed me even closer to God because I knew that where my if my dad is with God I want to be as close to him as I possibly can and um at the same time though it started I really started thinking about prayer and how to pray and how to um how does God answer prayers and sometimes he doesn't and I started to have a lot of questions about that, but I just started to turn to God's word and and seek verses that would speak to my heart about that. And I just over and over again saw in God's word how he listened to his people. Um, all even through the Old Testament, if people would cry out to him, you know, Abraham was crying out to God with Sodom and Gomorrah and and God said, yeah, if, you know, if I see 10 righteous people, I'll, I will change my mind, but, I mean, he didn't, Um and, um, you know, just other examples of how God listened to his people's prayer, you know, and he did miracles, and so I just, even though God didn't heal my dad, I had this reassurance that God listens, and God answers prayer, and I would see that, as I go on throughout my journey in life, how God answers prayer. But at that time, I was struggling with it and having a lot of questions. Um, um, thank you for listening to me this far. Um, I'm going to continue my testimony next week. I, I hope you'll tune in to hear that because I'm going to talk about how God taught me about prayer and worship. And I, I pray that you've got something from this message. And I pray that you'll... Come back next week to hear the rest. Thank you.